0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
1: You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program.
2: Welcome. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast show with Andrea Ellis. And our community is made up of so many amazing and diverse groups of people, as are the programs on Joy 94.9. There is something there for everyone. A little pot of joy is where we highlight just some of these amazing
3: programs. We would like to show our respect and acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, of elders past and present of the Kulin Nation, whose land we are broadcasting from.
2: We're opening the evening with a podcast from Rise Up. Let's Hakuna al Matata with John X.
3: Rejoining the cast of The Lion King musical as Pumba, Tasmanian actor, performer and radio jock John X joins the cast live in studio to chat about reclaiming his role after 10 years as the beloved flatulent warthog and life in The Lion King.
2: If you're not able to listen to the show live, the podcasts are available for download from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash
3: rise
1: up. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program.
4: See now I'm familiar with that, but D, you wouldn't be familiar with that and Michelle would be familiar it's, with this. It's sound. soaked
5: into my psyche. Like when that when that the the strains of that came out, I was like, Oh I know this, but I haven't Physically seen with my own eyes, the joy that is the Lion King, and, and
4: down goes her microphone. Yeah. Uh, joining <laughs> us in studio as a cast member of uh, the hit music called the Lion King, which is in Melbourne playing right now, John X, who plays Bomba, joins us. Good morning, John. Hello. Thanks for having me. This is a bit early for you, isn't it? Because normally yeah. you're matinee and late yeah, night yeah, and then night time performer. When you're working,
6: normally it's like a ten o'clock get up out of bed thing. But I've flown in from tassie this morning so i got up at some stupid hour are you playing in tassie to catch a 10 no, are we playing in tassie yeah no no in fact last night i was broadcasting in tassie on abc radio can right. i say abc radio and joy fm sure oh. it can't be a commercial conflict <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure i can't say joy fm on abc <laughs> <laughs> radio as long as you say
4: joy 94.9 then we'll joy 94.9 yes then we'll, yeah. then we'll forgive you oh okay fine
6: um cool. can did you see um can i interrupt obama played this Did you see that speech he made some speech in and he had and, um, uh, Trump yeah. was in the audience, and he said, oh, well, "I've finally found my birth video. Oh. video my birth, <laughs> and I believe and that was the didn't just play that whole bit yeah. that you started the show. That bit. was the
4: correspondence dinner, the media very correspondence funny, dinner, yeah. Yeah. which was hilarious, very funny. Uh, well, welcome to Joy. You've, you're
6: you're I'm not a stranger sure. of Joy. No, I think I was here ten years ago when I last did <laughs> <hit> Pumbaa <laughs> in Melbourne. And the last time you didn't see it."
5: Yeah, no, I I also didn't see it then, so... Mm,
6: Great, you've missed lots of it, haven't you? Do you know
5: what, I'm going to see it this time, I bloody am.
6: Are you really? Yep, I've
5: got lots of nieces and nephews and they'll all be coming with me. Oh, they'll love it. Yeah, kids should see more theatre and musical theatre. I think it's
6: great. I think they do know that nowadays, though, they do, don't they? They see heaps, they see tons. And the good thing about this show is, you know, like I see where I'm 10 years later doing the same role again, is there's a whole generation since last time we did it who hadn't seen it, but who are busting a gut try and set and it appeals to like a massive cross section of the community which is why it's so popular. Mm.
5: Mm. It's a massive franchise, isn't it? I mean this is a big Yeah, show yeah. but global. it is the so
6: people don't know what to expect when they come and see it. Mm. I mean and that first Opening seven minutes that Adam played there. That's the start of the show. Like some people have told me that you know that's there you know 100 bucks right there. In it that it is an people amazing song. Cry. I people cry. I've seen people cry. Just this, just
7: the this, uh, the costumes and just the way it looks. Like I remember seeing it for the first time. I was in Sydney when I saw it. Uh, the, the first time it came in. I was like, whoa! whoa. Like I felt like a kid again watching
6: it. Like, yeah. 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 You know. And so. it's completely like a, it's not like it's not the cartoon on stage, for example. You know, yeah. like when you go and think. I think you see Disney on ice. They pretty much have big um, soft costumes uh, versions of the cartoon characters. This is like redesigned and it looks So amazing. your character is a... I'm He's a flatulent s- warthog. Oh, I
5: see. I was going for meerkat,
6: but... <laughs> no, meerkat's the other. That's Timon. Yeah, see? See, maybe, maybe I'm one. pretending to know you, nothing. we're a duo. So that you see I'm drawing it out. A little interviewing technique. <laughs> you're very good. Yeah, right? I mean, you're probably like a associate producer on the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's
5: right.
6: Just keeping it quiet. She's just making sure how... Yeah, how no, well, you know, flatulent warthog. How does the
5: flatulence manifest itself?
6: I think warthogs are, are, are renowned for having uh, flatchets, or for, uh, you know, okay. as we all are. But warthogs is there a fart contraption <laughs> in your outfit. No, 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 no. So it's all no. real. Yeah, pretty much. how okay. so you get the role.
4: Yeah, just saying, <laughs> can you can you, you just please fart on audition. <laughs> it's like you know when you when they ask actors and actresses to cry on command. Right, yeah. John, can you fart on oh, command? Yeah,
6: yeah. <laughs> I wish I could. There are people that can though. You do know that, I don't bet you? There are. There are people that make amazing. I'm careers. related to six of them. <laughs> wow! Well, I can do like tunes and stuff. I can mm-hmm. do like show tunes and. So
5: if if you're like me and you've got a uh, sixteen, seventeen year old, seventeen year old nephews who are very, very cool, and they think they might be too cool for linking, is not true. No, it's not true.
6: No, 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 it's not true. We know there's It's hard to explain. And the good thing about coming back into it like I did is I got to sort of watch it again. And you forget what an extraordinary production it is to watch. And this stuff appeals to all sorts of people. I mean, like, there are some very good-looking people in this show, not me. Uh, (laughs) know you know, with, with amazing bodies. Um, uh, you know, if, so if you were just going to come for a perv, The Lion King's fantastic. Like these, mm.
4: um, we're going to poke you with a stick because I'm, I'm sure there's people listening that are going. Oh, I wonder, wonder if you can do a couple of lines from The Lion King. <laughs> <laughs>
6: when well, no, I can't do anyone else's, like <laughs> do Simba's lines or. More fastest line do you want put some pumba lines yeah there
5: must be what are, like what are the most annoying like do people do you get annoyed by that or do you just love it because people, no, people are so someone, engaged people,
6: with people always say and if you go and talk at school they go can you sing hakuna matata yeah. um, and i sort of say no i'm not ready because it's a duo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't have <laughs> I'll to do, moan will do i'll do
5: the i'll do the low bit ready
6: the low bit. Is there a low bit? <laughs> no, i got the low bit. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. No, I have guessed that. Timon does the high bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Timon does the high bit. But, yeah, they usually give it a sing. Oh, they, but they, want, they love hearing the voice. And yeah. they burst into spontaneous applause. It's the weirdest
4: thing. Do it. Well, can you do the when he was a young warthog line? When I was a young warthog,
6: sorry? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's different. I've got to actually sing up quite high. It's a bit early, but, I'll, yes, I'll give it a go. <laughs> so, Timon, Timon goes, um, what does Timon say? He says, um, uh I say, Hakuna Matata, these two words will solve all your problems. And he goes, that's right, take Pumba here. Why? When he was a young warthog. And I sing, when I was a young warthog. <laughs> Timon goes, very nice. And I go, thanks. <laughs> but that's um, yeah, that's, the, that's the highest I go. In the show. The rest is all gravelly. Yeah. stuff, And it's, uh, it takes about a week to get into it. Yeah. But then your voice just... Your throat's happy there for a while. That's pretty good, though. I reckon
4: that deserves yeah. a that deserves an oh, artificial you. round of applause. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. It's a Small Call appreciative crowd. they right. yeah, <laughs> the,
7: the, the kid the kidding me. Just went. Hey, oh, was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michelle's got all gushy over there. <laughs> hey, I got two children under ten, so like, yeah, we we watch oh, this as well. Wow. So have you have seen they, the show? Have you yeah, taken yeah. Them? So, oh. I haven't taken them yet. I mean,
4: hundred bucks a person's kind of <laughs> kind of hard for a single parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, so, true.
6: but I'd love to take them. Yeah, yeah. I tell you great. what, though, it's well worth it, though.
4: Well is the
5: matinee it. more cost effective? Is there a or do you know I what? I don't know. You know oh, that b- oh, end oh, of the
6: business. No, I haven't. Oh, well, I have bought tickets, but no, I think so. it might be. Look, like, it depends where you sit in the theater as well. Yeah, you just you say might. you have to buy tickets as well. Hi,
4: I'm playing Pumbaa. That's a hundred dollars
6: <laughs> every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. every like, night. You remember, you know, this is a professional gig. <laughs> we all get paid, so they don't give you free tickets. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got to pay for them if you want yeah, fair your family enough. to come.
4: But still, that's awesome, John. Thank you so much for coming in this morning, having a chat. Uh, we have to make note, four weeks left, and then Lion King leaves Melbourne. November st- 1. November it 1. closes in Melbourne. And, and then, then it
6: shoots off to Perth? Yeah, Perth from the middle of November, about the 18th, I think we've previewed. Do we previous. drag
5: that whole set over there? Like, there's one set and it travels?
6: Yeah, they do. Wow. Like, there's a crew work, like, through the night, like, yep. flat out. And, and they, they do, like, a safari. Everyone driven. gets locked in cages and, in <laughs> yeah, a road yeah. transport. Right. Driven across the Nullarbor. 27 massai. Put up again. Yeah it's, full, yeah, it's a big thing. There are, like, massive, hundreds of people involved in putting this show on. Yeah. You know, you see 50-odd people on stage, but... So it's the
4: first ever Perth season, uh, uh, first time that Lion King is coming to Perth at the Crown Theatre from November 18. So you've got between now the 7th of October and the 1st of November to go check out the Lion King uh, here in Melbourne. Go to lionking.com.au or any Ticketmaster uh, agency or on the website, buy your tickets, get down there and see it. It's an amazing performance.
6: That's right, I chose-
2: You're on Joy 94.9. This is a little pot of joy with Andrea and Alice. Up next from Transpositions, Boys Night In.
3: Ruben joins Kurt and Nate to tell his unique transition story. The boys expose FTM toilet secrets, yikes. That's right, things you never knew you wished you never knew.
2: You can listen to the entire podcast by downloading it from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash transpositions or download it from the iTunes store.
1: You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program.
8: I'm Kurt, and I'm your host for this evening, and I'm joined by Ruben and Nate, to FTM Melbourne boys. So I want to touch a little bit on STPs, which are stand to peas, and male bathroom etiquette, which is um, it's a big topic, and it's going to be an interesting one, and I'm looking forward to it, because... Um, Reuben and Nate certainly um, sound like they've got some interesting things to say. It also um, leads us on to bathroom etiquette as well, um, which is certainly something that has changed, I guess, for all trans people when they start using the opposite bathroom. Um, mm. It's it's tough in early transition um, when you don't know which bathroom to use. Did you Did you guys ever sort of were you ever out in public really need to go to the bathroom and then go oh I can't go because there's
9: no disabled toilet or yeah well for me prior to transition um you know I had all sorts of things like when I was in Bangkok once I had security come in and pull me out of the women's toilets because I thought I was in the wrong toilets because I was quite androgynous then Mm -hmm. um yeah, and certainly going to the women's bathrooms was always an ordeal, mm-hmm. especially if we're you know you have a day where you're feeling a bit vulnerable and you just want to blend in. But going to the toilet was like this massive drama, like people when you're walking in staring, when you're coming out of the, the stall staring, people questioning you're allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. So for many years I just went to the disabled toilets, mm-hmm. um, occasionally nicked into the guys' toilets if... If know no one, one be there. bothered waiting or yeah, yeah, um, but as soon as I started uh transition, um I just started using the guys' toilets, and it took it took a little while for me to adjust in my mind that because mm-hmm. no one was even noticing, like I'd walk in, people would take no notice, but there would be this whole oh my God, they're going to notice I shouldn't be in here, mm-hmm. and you know, or well, someone's going to notice I'm a little bit different, or, yeah, you know, but as I've masculinized more um I don't even really think about it anymore. Yeah. yeah, just sort of go in and do what I need to do, but it's certainly a different etiquette. Mm. Um people don't look at each other. There's no no eye contact. Yeah. Um yeah, certainly. head down, get get to it and get out. Yeah, that's
8: it. Yeah, certainly in the um in the female toilet it's sort of a little retreat, a social retreat to discuss what's been going on at the dinner table or whatever, but the male toilet is business. Um strictly business. Don't look at anyone. Don't talk to anyone. Mm. Um, which can be beneficial in early transition, I guess, because mm. people aren't scrutinising you, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you can get away with just ducking in and out. Um, we we were before uh, before the show started. We were all sitting around talking about urinals, um, and <laughs> we had Chris on. Chris is on the panel tonight, everybody, and Chris did pipe in, um, and because um, Nate. You've never used a urinal before?
10: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I,
8: it, it is possible. For listeners who were who thinking, how the hell do trans boys use urinals? Um, there are things called STPs, which are stand-to-pee devices. Um, they come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes and uh, materials. <laughs> um, and um, they're sort of an attachment to your pee hole, I guess. Um <laughs> And, um, yeah, it allows you to aim where you need to aim to. Mm. Um, Better than most
9: cis guys, I think, <laughs> with, less, with less practice. I would agree with that. <laughs> that was, From what I can see, anyway. Yeah, that was one of the things that I,
8: I, I sh- that shocked me in mm. male bathrooms. I was like, how how do they not get it in the toilet? <laughs> um So, uh, STPs. Now, Nate, you um, left a little comment on our Facebook page (laughs) saying that you uh, had trouble with an STP that you bought. Yeah,
10: so initially um, I went and looked at all these things and I was like, because there's sort of varying range of prices and there's all different types of stuff. So I thought, oh, look, I'll just do something really basic. And I'd heard that if you had a medicine spoon, if you sort of cut the end off then that sort of works and I thought oh, I'll try that so it's this sort of tiny little spoon and I was thinking oh you know that kind of like discreet kind of, yeah discreet so it's yeah. good it fits into your pocket because you kind of don't want to be sort of in a rush but um i suppose if you're ever going to use a device i would strongly recommend Practising at home in the shower before you yep. practiced wearing clothing and wearing your try, jeans, yeah, <laughs> trying to aim in a tiny little funnel that yep. you know it just it got a little bit messy. That's yep. all. Mm.
8: Sounds a bit traumatic. Um, so anyone listening out there, unless you have really good aim or know exactly how your flow is going to come out, then um, maybe not use a medicine spoon. But um, Or
9: practice a lot.
8: Or practice a lot in the shower, as Nate said. Um, so um, now, Ruben, do you, do you use STPs?
9: Recently, relatively new kid on the block when it comes to STPs. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing that we were talking about on the break was the psychology of um, peeing. Yep, uh, standing up. Probably until about a month ago, I just thought, why would you bother? Yeah. And um, I don't know if it's a primal <laughs> urge or on another part of my exploration as as a trans guy, but. Um, Yeah, I've certainly been experimenting with that in the last few weeks, and so I started off with a P-style, but um, the issue, I mean, I haven't had one accident with it, which is great, but it's quite big, so it's sort of hard to carry around in your pocket without looking like you've got you know a weapon a weapon well yeah that's <laughs> does, one way of what describing it what,
8: what does it look like can you describe um, gee, what it I was about like.
9: to get it out of my pocket uh-huh. but no one can see it on the radio um, it's like a it's almost like the shape of a bird beak so it's wider at the part where you obviously put it in your junk or your mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. Um and then it sort of narrows down as as where the the urine comes out so uh, it's more of a. Well, I haven't really paid that close attention to cis guys urinating, but I imagine the flow's pretty similar. Um, but I have no problems with that. It's just literally carrying it around, which is mm. a, it's a pain. Mm, yeah. Mm. I suppose it's a pain if you want to be in your board shorts in summer or something
8: like mm. that. Where do you put it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you were saying that um, you find it you're sort of starting to, um, connect with that appeal of peeing standing up. <laughs> and, and Nate, do you feel that way as well? You you were saying that you can't be bothered. Yeah.
10: I've just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm in my lazy phase, I suppose. Like yep. I don't, I think initially, um, sorry, about six months ago I was like, yeah, I need to stand up and that's, you know, that's what guys do. They go to the toilet, they stand up. Yep. And then I was just kind of like, well, there's always like a cubicle and a seat, um, so why not sit down? Like, yeah. It yeah, just why not? kind of yeah. Mm. So I got
8: lazy. Mm. I remember the first time I was going to men's bathrooms, and I actually had to ask someone, "Can cis men pee sit- sitting down?" Because I didn't know um, if they could, and so I didn't want to be caught sitting down. And. Peeing, like you know, you can tell if someone's peeing because you can hear the pee noise, and <laughs> this is really good skin. Put on, but um, you know, I didn't want to be caught sitting down peeing and sponsor someone to go, Hang on, dudes can't do that, but they can do mm. that, they can. So, why, why, do, why do guys stand up and go through that whole urinal etiquette when they can just have a cubicle to
9: themselves? Mm. I don't know. Like I think um, the psychology of it for me is having like the full, and and I know it's we're just talking about urinating, but there's something I don't know r- ritualistic or something to be a guy and to stand up. Mm. And because I haven't had that experience, I'm experimenting with that. And sometimes I'll probably be like Nate and go, oh, I can't be bothered, or the p style is just too big. So mm. you know, I'm just going to freestyle and sit down today. But um yeah, I think it's something about the psychology of standing up, and I don't know. It's hard to it's hard yeah. to explain because until a few weeks ago, I was like, "Why would you bother?" Like, mm. I don't get it. But yeah, it's just experimenting and working out what's right for you, for you, I guess.
8: Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well. Um Before I said, even with canines, they like to pee on things and mark their territory. And and it's a sign of dominance. And it might be something
9: similar with humans. Mm, Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) Um, If I start urinating on trees everywhere, you know, there's a problem. (laughs) Yeah.
3: You're on Joy 94.9 and this is a little pot of joy with Andrea and Alice. Up next from Is Nothing Sacred, a dirty second birthday.
2: 104 shows. That's two years on air and still going. It's nothing sacred as celebrating their second birthday with a dirty interview that's not quite what you'd expect.
3: This week, James, Jim, Claire and Steph are joined by former co-host Pat for this momentous occasion, starting with an interview with Jen Wiltshire about phytoremediation and the universe of dirt.
2: If you can't listen to the show live, download the podcast from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash is nothing sacred or the iTunes store. This is A
1: Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program.
11: Tonight is a very, very special show.
1: It sure is.
11: (laughs) You might have guessed if you've been listening for a long time or if you just tuned in, you'll have no idea what we're talking about because tonight is our two-year anniversary of Is Nothing Sacred. We have been on every Monday night... 10 to 11 for two years, no breaks Wow Commitment
12: (laughs) Oh, that shows you how fabulous we are And I'm looking around the studio and we are fabulous (laughs) Fabulosity has has increased too Because we've invited one of our original co-hosts Patrick Patrick's back in town Into the studio to join us tonight And we've let Claire stay in here, even though she hasn't done the whole two years. She hasn't done the whole two years. We're just going to beat her into submission so that she does.
11: Thanks so much, Jim. Yes. So a bit of reminiscing, but first up, um, we're going to be talking to two researchers tonight. And first up, we have Jen. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Nothing Sacred. Now, I'm quite excited to talk to you because I think you, like me, are a... um, Fellow biologist of some description. Yes. um, And um, if I understand correctly, your interest is in dirt. I like dirt. That's it, absolutely. (laughs) What
13: do you like about dirt? What don't I like about dirt? So I, I study soil microbial ecology. So when did I look your mother at
12: di- have to keep telling you not to put dirt in your mouth when you were a child? <laughs>
13: she never stopped telling me. There's every picture of me as a little kid is with dirt on my face. So so it's soil microbial communities is what I study. So when I look at dirt, I don't just see dirt. I see a whole uh, universe of communities and interactions. And you know, in one gram of dirt, there's something like I don't know uh, between 1,000 and one thousand and ten thousand different species of microorganisms. So. My job, or my research, is to study them all at once and try and work out what they're doing. And
12: do they have nuclear wars.
13: Uh, they have biological warfare, which is very cool. They do that in the roots of plants to try and uh, muscle each other out for space. So, what are these um, organisms that we're talking about? Are they bacteria? Are they little bugs? Yeah, yep. So, when we talk about, I guess, microorganisms, that's anything that you Tell can't us the see. the
12: strangest ones.
13: Oh, the strangest ones. Well, so when I talk about microorganisms, I mean usually bacteria and fungi. Uh, there are all sorts of strange and wonderful ones. In our lab, we work with a beautiful one called Geobacter metalli reducans, and it's beautiful because it breathes electricity. What? So we can put it in a microbial fuel cell, and it will put electrons onto, a, onto anodes and cathodes, and we can turn it basically into a living battery. Very, very cool little bug. Why Does, are- it,
12: have, does it light up?
13: Yeah, yeah, it will. Uh, oh, the bug itself, no, mm. no, it doesn't light up, but it will. we can make it power LEDs. <laughs> so why aren't we all running our houses on bacteria dirt? It's very, very... Ba- <laughs> because they're going to mutate dirt and bacteria. take us over. No, uh, no, they're not going to mutate on us, I don't think. It's more the fact that uh, unless in your house all you need is a little blinking LED, it's probably not quite enough electricity for you.
11: Not yet, anyway. Maybe we just don't have enough bacteria. That could be it, too. that could be it. <laughs> So you said there are lots of species that live in the soil. Sure, yeah. um, How do they interact? What are some of the
13: things that happen in these wars? Well, okay, so while the wars are always exciting to talk about, so that's kind of where, the, uh, where our antibiotics come from. So in the soil, microbes use antibiotics to basically muscle out other species of bacteria when they're competing for space. Now, the space that they tend to be competing for is uh, space in the rhizosphere, which is at the root zone. So I work a lot with plant-microbe interactions, so that's kind of the front line of these microbial community wars. Um, the reason they really want to be on those roots is because the plants are constantly pumping uh, what we call root exudates, so that's carbon, nitrogen, basically sort of a buffet of food for the bacteria. So everyone wants to be there, but it's pretty expensive real estate. And what are some of the applications of this kind of work? Uh, so in terms of the soil stuff, which is what really interests me, so I'm really interested in trying to work out can we get... We know that in the soil there are microbes that promote plant growth. Can we get any soil to sort of promote plant growth for us? We know these plant growth-promoting microbes are everywhere. How do we kind of switch them on? So the applications of this are manifold, you can imagine, you know...
12: You mean turn the deserts into oases?
13: Uh, that might be a little bit extreme, but it would be really nice to be able to go around Australia and say, okay, let's look at this soil. How do we get the maximum productivity out of this soil and maybe reduce sort of maybe some of our fertiliser input? Well, Barnaby yeah.
12: Joyce is going to love you.
13: <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's good. <laughs> um, so the other application I'm interested in, which you guys were talking to me about before, was phytoremediation. So this is, you know, when we have soil that has contaminants in it, so something like heavy metals which are really hard to move and we know there are trees out there that can not only withstand these heavy metal toxins but they've evolved to actually actively suck the metals up out of the soil and store them in their leaves so it's a pretty inefficient process but we do know if we put microbes with these plants that promote the plant growth the whole phytoremediation process gets sped up so part of my research is trying to work out can we get phytoremediation to a sort of efficient enough level where people will start actually using it because it's pretty slow at the moment, but it's still very cool. So what happens to the leaves? I guess they get scattered and it's not so well intense. the idea is you can, um, yeah, they've looked at that. So if you get the wrong plant, it will just drop its leaves and, <laughs> and then the heavy metal goes back into again. the soil. <laughs> but if you get the right plant, you can actually sort of harvest it and then remove the metals from the environment that way. And, you know, there's some talk of even, you know, if you remove this, you know, the plant material with the metals, some of these metals are really quite precious metals. Could you extract the metal back from the plant material and recycle it that way they call that one phytomining like gold or something from an apple or yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. We, gold, like gold a... would gold would be ideal but well, all we sorts of get things
12: gold out of our sewage system
13: mm. oh yeah people's rings that they've dropped
12: no no <laughs> the gold that we eat it's in some foods and things like oh that, yeah, yeah, it yeah just goes through us and comes out
13: yeah absolutely because it's so inert it.
12: yeah and they collect it because hmm. it's pure how got... do
11: you how do you collect it
12: well, I don't know. Go, no, well. I have to ask Melbourne Water. We we'll have to get them in and, uh, and ask them. But they do actually have a um, chemical method of yeah, right of breaking it down, just leaving the gold because the gold doesn't break down. Sure, exactly. It just stays there. So, you know, once it's gone through the filters, it just there is gold sitting there. So they just collect it all up and sell it. Mm, nice. So you might have a gold tooth that comes from the, um, the <laughs> mm. Werribee. That's an Wereby awesome Wereby thought. <laughs>
11: So is soil something that you've studied throughout your whole career or were you off on another track and thought, this is wrong, it should be dirt?
13: Um, okay, so I guess many, many moons ago I actually did an art degree and then I came back to science. So the short answer is no, it's not been my life's work. Um, but all through my undergraduate career and leading up to this point, everything I've done has been about plant-microbe interactions. So that's you know, pretty close to dirt. If a plant and a microbe are interacting, it's usually in dirt.
12: Do you garden? Hmm? Do you garden? I
13: love gardening, Yes. What? You look at me like you don't believe me. I love gardening.
12: I can't believe anybody likes gardening.
11: Oh. <laughs> Jim, you need, it's so relaxing, you need to you? be more open-minded just because you don't like gardening. Well,
12: if I don't like it, that's a pretty good um, benchmark as far as I'm concerned. That is quintessential, Jim. I love it. <laughs> Jen,
14: I've got a little bit of a question, a little bit left field, but hopefully still topical okay, to dirt sure. and okay. bacteria. Um, so, obviously, there was a bit of excitement with the uh, NASA announcement on Mars sure, recently. Sure, yeah. Do Remember the conversation that um, that the scientists were mentioning that often when you know people jumped the gun and was like could it be life? Mm. Um, there was a conversation about well you know one of the most interesting things is that we could actually bring a bit of dirt mm. to Mars and then we could have actually brought a little bacteria or life we there could. by mistake because they're pretty tough critters some of them.
13: They sure are. There are bacteria that have been shown to survive in the vacuum of space. So I think NASA are actually pretty careful. About cleaning down like entire spaceships before they get them to leave.
12: And State I was Orban. reading about the announcement. They won't let the Mars rover go yeah. around the surface of Mars at the moment because of the water, the flowing water. They've got it parked and it's not allowed to move in case it drops a bacteria off into yeah, the flowing right. water.
14: So no dirt on their boots then? No space dirt. Uh, no, no earth dirt. No earth
12: dirt. But no there might be some dirt. space dirt here. Do, uh, can you identify space microbes? Things that have been deposited by oh, from an um, asteroid. something by that's come asteroids. from an
13: asteroid without actually sort of just, I guess, getting an asteroid out of the asteroid belt <laughs> and looking at the microbes <laughs> on it. No, not there's no sort of telltale signs about which microbes are alien but, life, but
12: you can tell, um, you, I mean, you know, where micro way out where meteors hit the earth, and so you can find the meteoric rock. And oh, for like sure, that.
13: but I guess the question is, I mean,
12: is there anything still left inside that that is the I'm, remnants of? of
13: it would be very Space. hard to discern which micro. It's well, yeah, you, a you, challenge.
12: You, you can come on next time and tell us.
13: Oh yeah. Well, I guess it'd be very hard to discern, like if what you find in or on that rock was picked up coming through the atmosphere. I'm sure they had a program yeah. on the X Files about that. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure it killed everybody.
14: <laughs> I just was so impressed at how tough the, some of the organisms, microorganisms, can be. Oh my god! Just, yeah. Yeah. It no. my mind.
12: Have they let you into the um, to the uh, Ranger Uranium pit um, water pits in? Um, I could do yet to see what organisms are living in those radioactive
13: no, pits? they have not, but maybe one day they will. So my, my boss used to work with uh, uranium remediation oh. using my little buddy Geobacter that I was telling you about before. So it doesn't just produce electricity. It can transform uranium that's in the water table and so that it drops out solid and they can collect it and clean up the soil Whoa. that way. So maybe one day they'll pay us money to go up there and have a look, but not yet. No one's approached us yet.
11: That's a pretty... Impressive trait for a little bacteria. Oh, sure. So does that mean it can be used in like cleaning up nuclear
3: sites or is that kind of beyond its capabilities? Uh, Maybe. Just maybe. You're listening to Joy 94.9 and this is A Little Pot of Joy with Alice and Andrea. Up next from Triple Threat, toilet etiquette.
2: On this episode, hear James' discovery of some new toilet etiquette that took him by surprise.
3: And you can listen to the entire podcast by downloading it from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash triple threat, or download it for free from the iTunes store.
1: You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. We talk toilet etiquette because...
3: Ew.
7: Yeah, I, I, I... Someone told me recently that people do things at urinals that I thought they shouldn't do and so I, I I asked if some if
0: it's a thing. I what? tell
15: ya, don't like those urinals. <laughs>
0: what tricks? Hey guys, check this out.
15: Whoa. Wow. You can do urinal tricks? No, you can't. How do you use those things, guys?
7: Uh, I'm asking, can you get a moment? Is what you're asking, James? That's ex- yeah, you know what? That's exactly what I'm asking. <laughs> I need to I need to know if um, if this is a thing. Now let me give you a backstory. Yes. Yep.
1: I was, chatting Please. To,
7: I, was ch- I was chatting to someone. We're talking bathroom etiquette. And what do you do in the men's room?
15: <laughs> okay,
0: I'm or out. The, or I'm the out. ladies' room. Because I'm, I'm, I'd be intrigued really? to know if there's a, a similar sort of... There are no urinals in a ladies' room. Have you ever been in one? Well, I'm damned okay. if I do, damned if I don't, James. <laughs> now, I was chatting to a guy the other day.
7: And he was looking forward to going to a certain pub or bar or something. Mm-hmm. And he was really looking forward to looking
15: sideways. <gasps> he Hold was on. looking, forward to looking, looking forward to looking sideways. Looking forward
0: to looking sideways. <laughs> Pre planning, mm-hmm. checking out p planning. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, that, that's great. Pre planning.
15: Yeah, I like that.
7: I just, I, I just don't. I didn't think it was a thing.
0: They're things, and they're. People's own things. Yeah, keep your eyes on your own thing. Like, look. Ad- <laughs> admittedly, if it's four AM or
7: something, I I'm, I might take a swipe to look. But it's <laughs> if very. It's 4 a. My head doesn't move. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a very James, important skill
0: to have. It's not an app. You're not allowed to swipe it.
7: <laughs> but like during like during a normal hour of the day, no, no, no do not just just keep your eyes to the front i especially no wonder people house. have yes. what are they, uh, like stage fright yes yeah
15: i thought that was a big no no my limited understanding of men's urinals mm. suggests that you just look straight ahead you do your thing and you get out
0: oh look there in in the urinals especially if you're at a sporting event or something mm. generally or or at a bar watching watching games something, I there's there's generally a bit of banter, a bit of joking. Sure. I I've I got often... no problem with banter, but you keep the eye line. You never look, it never below the neck. You don't you no. don't because even if you're like, oh nice shirt, it, it looks like your eyes could be going lower. Well, you're, and then you're not you're, saying nice underwear. Well, you're not. You're hitting dangerous territory as soon as you deviate from uh, the common common like, reason why you're there. I'm I'm
7: quite I'm I'm quite often will have a conversation in the bathroom. Ah, no issues. I can do two things at once. <laughs>
15: <laughs> but you so, are a multitasker. Thank you.
7: Is is it a thing to look? And, look, I think this is just a gay thing, to be honest. Like, I don't think guys... At, you know what? You, actually, I was going to say pro, guys at footy clubs probably don't do this, but I've heard some other stories. James, so you people
0: know, in football rooms, people just walk around butt naked. Yeah. There's, there's show-offs. How
15: do you deal with well, these you know, things? I have if you've no got it, idea. <laughs> It's just so different. Mm. Like, if girls had urinals, I would not be taking a peek. I'd not be just walking around.
0: I'd be impressed, by the way, if you guys had urinals. It's like, well done standing. Good stuff. You <laughs> clap. We're talking bathroom
7: etiquette mm-hmm. because I've been recently told that people are looking. I didn't know it was a thing, I just thought
0: it was rude. But it turns out it's a thing that people are doing.
15: They're just having a little looky looky,
0: little cheeky peek. Now, if you're a little bit bashful, there's, and there's always an opportunity for a new product in the market when things like this arise, James. Oh, on, entrepreneurial Jess. <laughs> what about little pop-up curtains? So, like oh. when you open your flight, little pop-up curtains out the side and over the top just give you your own little private viewing room. Okay, so like portable curtains. Yeah, portable curtains, but they're spring-loaded. So when you undo your zipper, pop out, bang. Okay. Immediate side protection. I mean, you can come in all different sizes and lengths as well. So if, you know. Well, different materials, yeah. different colours. Oh, a bit of red satin would go lovely, I think.
15: I think that there's definitely a mark of that in that for women. Oh. Um, a bit of privacy. Isn't it just
0: called a cubicle? Yeah. yeah.
15: but how hard is it to find a cubicle sometimes?
0: Oh, you're know. talking a pop-up cubicle. Yeah. Or a poop-up oh, cubicle. Oh, so
15: you, you mean just like bringing it to cube, oh, to urinals, mm. following. Um, yeah, for she's maybe.
0: Or for whiz. <laughs>
15: <laughs> you're, you're up there with the dad jokes yeah, today. Getting around them. Getting around em. Um, I could not think of anything worse mm. than going to the bathroom with someone next to me. In open space.
0: Actually, we do have a um, a a gender neutral toilet here uh, that is shared by everybody Mm -hmm. at Joy, and Christina can't go in the same in the cubicle next to me, James. She has to wait until I leave. Mm. Stage fright.
15: It's two reasons.
0: (laughs) You don't want to hear his noises.
15: Stage fright, and with Jess, you just don't know what you're going to (laughs) get.
0: Look, guys, if you have a coffee in the morning. Okay. okay.
15: Stop, 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 stop. Too (laughs) much. What are you saying? Too much.
0: Guys. (laughs) Too (laughs) much. Fine, have a peek and check what's going on, Christina.
2: You're listening to Joy 94.9, and this is Little Pot of Joy with Andrea and Alice. Up next, from Joy's interview highlights, continuing the theme Toilets, Personal or Political?
3: Lana Wolf explores whether there is a bathroom debate in Australia by talking to the Australian Human Rights Commissioner, Tim Wilson.
2: In 2013, a Queensland parent of a transgender child threatened to introduce an anti-discrimination lawsuit against the Education Department in Queensland. Which forced schools to introduce unisex bathrooms.
3: And if you just can't listen to the show live, download the podcast from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash Joy Interview Highlights or the iTunes Store.
1: This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program.
16: In 2013, a threatened anti discrimination lawsuit by a parent of a transgender child opened the door to Queensland schools introducing unisex toilets, change rooms, and sports teams. In 2014, Swinburne became the first university in the Victorian capital to install a gender-neutral bathroom for trans and genderqueer students, following the growing trend to raise awareness around transgender issues at university. However, the bathroom debate has not always been full of positive experiences. In mid-2014, the Beat Mega Club, known as a queer-friendly nightclub in Fortitude Valley, was accused of discrimination and physical assault of an 18-year-old trans patron named McGregor, who said he was involved in an altercation with security after an incident regarding which gender toilets he could use. McGregor said to the local media, I explained to them again that I am a trans man, but then they asked for my ID and security said that until my ID says that I'm male, I cannot use the men's toilets. For some people, using toilets is a political issue. Sheila Jeffries, a feminist lesbian and professor in political science at the University of Melbourne, who was unavailable for comment, authored the paper, The Politics of the Toilet, a feminist response to the campaign to Degender a women's space. Jeffries not only finds the terms and conditions around transgender experiences and identities problematic, but asserts that people who transgender are still, through their lifetime experiences, the gender they were assigned at birth. Jeffries acknowledges that there is increasing literature and campaigning activism which seeks to de gender public toilets, but she's critical and equates biologically determined women's only bathrooms with women's equality. I spoke to the Australian Human Rights. Commissioner Tim Wilson about rights and equality when it comes to bathroom usage.
0: Of course, uh, access to public facilities should be treated within the framework of human rights for everyone, including transgender Australians, Uh, but any uh, policy change needs to be done, uh, engagement uh, with transgender Australians to understand what works in their best interests. The practical reality is that there are um, challenges that will be faced against the backdrop of how we've traditionally divided uh, public bathrooms, uh, and we need to make sure that all parties and all stakeholders are engaged in any process of reform.
2: And you've been listening to Joy 94.9 with a little pot of joy with Alice and Andrea. And we've come to the end of another amazing program. (laughs) And how's that two years on air?
3: I know. Yeah, big shout out to our friends in the show just before us every Monday night, Is Nothing Sacred. Two years. That is just such an achievement, and they always have amazing content. They definitely haven't run out of topics.
2: (laughs) I hope they don't run out of topics. I'm sure they they won't.
3: (laughs) We'll see them in another two years, no doubt.
2: You can find more of the complete podcasts on the Joy website, joy.org.au, or download them free from the iTunes store.
1: You've been listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. See joy.org.au and click on our podcast link to subscribe to your favourite podcasts free. Thanks for listening
0: to another Joy Podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA Plus community media organisation. Joy. Help keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au.